infinity and beyond! No choice. Here comes the smolder. Some people are worth melting for. Wow. So great that gods would hang a picture of them in the stars. Float like a Cadillac, sting like a beaver. <laughs> Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Anyone can cook. My name is Sydney, and today we have a very special episode coming your way. Today, it's just me. I know we miss Sky and Mark, but I am doing a special breakdown of the Haunted Mansion. So for those of you who don't know, this is one of my absolute favorite rides. I've been so lucky that I was actually able to do a behind-the-scenes tour of it. So in February 2020, I got to go back bright and early at like 4 a.m. in the morning. Got to see everything with the lights on and got a tour of all the amazing details backstage, behind the scenes, all that. So I kind of have a passion and a love, obviously, for this ride and the history behind it. So today I'm going to do my best to walk you through the ride as well as just going back and looking at how the ride came to be. So yeah, today I'm going to start with the history and how it came to be, then sort of move room through room with some of the specific details and the magic behind it. But I'm also saying that this episode, I've been told by some friends can ruin Disney magic because it is sharing some of those behind the scenes things. So if you don't want any of the magic ruined, go ahead and hop off now and join us next week for next week's new episode. I'm also gonna be looking at some of the magic in Disney World and Disneyland. Some of the differences will be highlighted throughout this. But overall, most of my focus will be Disney World, as that is my and the podcast home park. Without further ado, I'm going to hop on over and look at some of the history of the Haunted Mansion. The Haunted Mansion opened in 1971 in Walt Disney World and opened in 1969 in Disneyland. Uh, the original area in Disneyland actually sat empty for many years as Walt and the Imagineers could not decide what direction to take the attraction in. So the original idea for the attraction was actually for it to be a walkthrough attraction. And at the time of this idea coming to be, Walt asked the animators to draw concepts for the attraction, and they gave Walt Zack a bunch of cartoons. Uh, truthfully, I'm not sure what he expected, but at the same time as Walt saying that it needed to be scary, he also said that someone can have a good feeling about ghosts. And because of the indecision that Walt had when Disneyland opened, when Haunted Mansion was supposed to open, the Haunted Mansion didn't exist. Once the park opened, he put Ken Anderson, the Imagineer, on the attraction as he was the lead on many of the scary characters Walt had come up with. When Ken Anderson was put on, he decided it was going to be a house that was ruined, disheveled, just generally broken down. However, Walt wanted the haunted house inside, but he didn't want the stark contrast of the broken down nature of that house against the very, very clean and tidy, gorgeous parks that he'd been working so hard to keep. So he wanted the exterior pristine and the interior could be whatever they wanted. Then Yale Gracie was brought into the picture. Yale Gracie was a magician and had lots of tricks up his sleeve. Uh, Rolly Crumb was also brought into the equation and the two men were told just to give a lot of good ideas. That's all Walt wanted was good ideas at this point. And for many years, 
the land and eventually the exterior of the haunted mansion sat empty and the Imagineers still didn't know what they wanted to be inside of it. Eventually, Mark Davis was brought in on it. And at that time, Walt looked more to the humor side of the haunted mansion, which was Mark Davis's strong suit. Claude Coates was also brought in on the project. So at this point, we had five legendary Imagineers working on this project. No movement, no idea where it was going, and it still sat empty. And after years and years, they finally made the decision to blend the fear factor and the humor. That's kind of all the backstory I'm going to be touching on today. There is actually an episode on Disney Plus of the Behind the Attraction, I believe is a TV show. And it goes a lot more in depth on that. That's just some of the highlights of how this attraction came to be. So now that we have the backstory, let's look at some of the key differences between Disney World and Disneyland's attraction. So uh, to look first at Disneyland, Disneyland is set in New Orleans Square and Disney World is set in Liberty Square. The two have vastly different settings and the exterior is worlds apart just because of where the setting was. Disneyland is set in a old French Quarter gorgeous mansion and Disneyland is more of the colonial style house. But those are the two biggest differences between it. Honestly, there's also one other difference that I will highlight as we go through along with some other little details. Disneyland has a really awesome overlay that goes from September to January every year. The Disneyland Haunted Mansion gets a nightmare before Christmas overlay. Now, truth be told, I've never been the biggest fan of the movie, but I do appreciate it and really would love to see this overlay someday as Disney World doesn't have that overlay. It has structures added throughout. The characters are all around, as well as an awesome gingerbread house that's in the ride. While Disney World doesn't have the same overlay, it does have some little nods and some Easter eggs that point to Nightmare Before Christmas movies. Um, including some small books that have Jack Skellington on them hidden throughout the ride. I'm remembering correctly. I think there are 13 of them, but I couldn't find the exact number and I couldn't remember. I do remember where one of them is, but they are there. Uh, now with those things highlighted, we're going to move to looking at the Disney World attraction and we're going to start with the queue. So the queue has some cool interactive portions that were added a few years ago on the standby line and they have a Genie Plus site as well. You can see the ghost horse and carriage sitting out front and the interactive area continues the awesome story with some amazing Easter eggs, including the Black Widow Bride's ring if you look for it in the pavement. I'm also going to point out a couple other things from outside of the ride, including the pet cemetery as you exit the ride. That'll be on your left hand side there. And the height of the building. Now, most of you are probably giving me a weird look right now going, what do you mean the height of the building? Well, you see, the building is not as tall as you think. Just, I'm gonna give you a sec to take a guess at how tall it is. And then I'm gonna tell you that it's only about 23 feet tall and it looks much taller because of forced perspective. I know that seems crazy. I know it looks much taller, but it is really cool. We actually got to step up a little higher as we did the behind the scenes tour. And you can see how short it actually is. From here, we're going to be moving inside of the mansion. And the first room you enter is the holding room that features a changing picture that turns from a young man into a skeleton. And then you get to all famous stretching room. Please walk to the dead center of the room and step away from the walls. 
I've seen Abu and the Magic that in Disney World, this is not actually an elevator. You heard me right. Contrary to popular belief, the Haunted Mansion in Disney World isn't an elevator and the walls truly do rise above you. However, this is one of the biggest differences with Disneyland. The elevator in Disneyland is actually a working elevator and they do need to move you down so you can go underneath the park and underneath the park line and the road there. But like I said, that elevator is one of the biggest differences. And as you're going up or the walls are moving up, a scene will play on the ceiling and the doors will open to reveal a hallway and the load area for the ride. Once you are on the actual ride, you'll go through the staircase that leads into the photo hallway. The pictures that hang on this wall transform as the lightning flashes in the hallway. Uh, you have the ship that changes into a torn apart ship, the Headless Horseman, and Medusa at the end. Fun fact, Medusa is actually the photo spot on the ride. To make sure you're looking there, make your funny faces there, is that's where your photo will be found later. After the photo hallway, you move into the library, which is an awesome effect that I absolutely love. And this room has some cool things in it. You'll find the moving busts that follow you of all the famous literary writers the world has ever known. What's really cool is you, I got to stick my hand back into the bust and it's really cool. Again, the perspective is as they flip the bust, that's what makes it look like it's following you instead of just staring straight ahead but you can reach all the way back in and it is just kind of caved in instead of the normal one where you would see it staring at you the other way. That's what causes it to move. I don't know the exact words for it, but it's a very basic trick that is done very often throughout magic shows and things like that. And the other thing that's really cool is that this room features one of the Jack Skellington books. Uh, if you look as you come to the table and chairs, that's where the Jack Skellington book will be, if I remember correctly. It is red and it's on the ground and Jack, Jack Skellington is on both the front and the binding of the book. As you follow through the ride, you come upon a piano that's playing itself and you see the ghost playing it. Then the ever going staircase room with the mirrors that make it look like the stairs are going on forever. Uh, apparently, from what I remember, the staircase room actually has a door in it. And more or less, they use it as a prank to scare some cast members. And people make them open the door, and then they'll be staring at themselves. And it freaks them out, as it would freak anyone out. So if I remember correctly, that is the story for that room. And then you get to move into a really, really awesome room that is not noticed, you wouldn't see it, but I'm going to call it the eye hallway. And on the left side, you see moving and blinking eyes. And one of the really cool parts of that is that these could be made from pretty basic things that you could get at Michael's or Dollar Store. So the Imagineers pretty much have pool noodles with boxes on it. Have the, the eyes and inside of that box is a tea candle that makes the eyes light up and there's a fan that blows on them. It is the most basic trick. Even the Imagineer that was there has said he, even the cast member giving us a tour said he's seen people do it, and it's been pretty spot on to what the mansions actually looks like. And as you move down that hallway, you get to see the now very famous purple wallpaper that's found throughout the Haunted Mansion is kind of one of the things that the mansion is known for overall. And the pattern that 
when you see it, you just kind of know it screams the Haunted Mansion. Uh, the next hallway, oh my goodness, I absolutely love. Now we are on to, again, another hidden gem that most guests don't get to see or know the detail that went into this hallway. The hallway I'm talking about is the hallway where they have the hot and cold running chills. As you walk down the hallway, it's actually the wallpaper is all real velvet wallpaper that we got to touch. Some of the doors in the hallway are fake while some house basic necessities or cleaning items. And the hallway suit of armor is really, really cool. And at one point, the suit of armor was a cast member that walked back and forth. However, when you think about that, that means that the person has to be there all day, could not leave, could not change, could not do anything. So it kind of became impractical and was very quickly moved to be a statue instead of a person in the costume. However, I think it would have been so, so cool to get to be there when it was actually working and get to see a person walking back and forth. That's some new magic. That'd be really awesome. After that, you move into the man that's trying to escape the coffin. And the cool thing about this room is actually not the man, but the raven in it. The raven in there goes back to some old Disney tradition and theory that says, if you don't say good morning to him, the ride will break down. They have the same thing. If you look at the marionette puppet in Tower Tear, they don't say good morning. It's going to break down on you throughout the day, and you're going to have some unhappy guests. Uh, then you continue to move deeper into the hallways with all the doors moving on either side. You come face to face with the 13 clock, and you round the corner into the seance room with Madame Leota. Uh, Madame Leota's head floats above the table, summoning the spirits to emerge. And Madame Leota's actually got a really cool story as she's been played by a mother-daughter duo. So Leota Toombs, very fitting name in my opinion, and is and her daughter have both been the face of Madame Leota. Uh, in this room, you have the items floating on strings throughout. You hear her summoning the spirits. And from there on through the rest of the ride, you can see the ghosts. And you could not see them before because they had not been summoned. You could see the shadows. You could see things happening. But until the ghosts were summoned and asked to come in, you could not see the ghosts actively. But from that room on, you see the ghost, and boy, do you see him as you move right into the ballroom scene. There's so many amazing details in this scene. I'm barely going to scratch the surface of it. I'm going to tell you guys about a couple of the cool experiences that I got to see and do in this room, along with just some of the basic details of it. Uh, so in the ballroom scene there on the far side as you're going through, you see the piano that sits on the end. The piano keys are all signed by Imagineers and the builders and things that worked on the ride. And it was so, so cool because I got to sit at that piano and like touch it. And just to know the history there is, oh my word, it's amazing. And as you go through the ride, you can kind of see little ghosts that look like they're coming out of the actually the organs top and what's cool is that's actually playing the song grim grinning ghost so if you look at how that's done if you guys know what a music box is or if you understand or have seen a music box and know that it has all the little notches and that it goes around it hits the keys and then you hear the music that way so that's what the grim grinning ghost song would look like if it was in a music box another very small detail is stereoscope on the table in the room and it has some pictures around it so as again as you're going through it's on the further side of the room 
there's a table. And uh, if you don't know, a stereoscope is an old picture viewing device. Another place it's seen in Disney is in Carousel of Progress. And one of my friends actually got to pick the picture that would be sitting in the stereoscope until they brought the next group through that would get to go down there and change it. What's really awesome is that was February 2020. March 2020, it shut down. So I don't know how many groups have gotten to go through since and COVID happened. So that's really cool that it was there for a very, very long time. And they said they don't always let groups do that or change it and do all those things. It's mainly if they have time to. So we are very lucky that we had time to do that and just see all the little details. Now, I'm not going to go through. You can look up pretty easily how most of the magic is done with the ghost appearing and disappearing in that room. And it's just done with the fact that the actual animatronics are underneath you. You are on the second level, which is pretty obvious when you're in the room, but all the animatronics are underneath you. And then there's a projection and that is what you are seeing in the room. So it's not like there are animatronics appearing and disappearing there. No, not at all. It's just a reflection in there. From here, you move into the attic with Constance Hatchaway, the Black Widow Bride. I can't even begin to touch on all the amazing details in this ride. I cannot just the amount of details that the Imagineers put into all of this ride is amazing and really does just say and make you look and think about all the details that go unnoticed throughout the parks in general. So I'm just going to try to hit all of the basics I can along with telling you a bit of the story behind it and just oh my goodness. Yeah, this is my fangirl moment a little bit. You'll hear it some. So the basic is there's five husbands and there are five portraits that she marries. Each one is shown with their head and as you move, the head disappears. Another detail on all of the wedding pictures, so if you take a good glance at the wedding pictures, is Constance has pearls around her neck. Each time she gets remarried, another string of pearls is added. So that's how weddings would, that's how brides would do it, is if they were married more than once, they would add pearls. So she, by the end, has all five pearls for each husband. Uh, the next thing that you can see with each marriage as you go through the attic are the wedding presents that are spread around the pictures and around the area. What's really cool are the teapots and sets that are found around each of the pictures and around each of the weddings in general. And you can see by them being nicer and nicer and nicer every single marriage that she worked her way up to a higher class level and a richer man every time she got remarried. Every marriage is a bird cage. Uh, there are cages for every single marriage. Cages one through four are all closed. However, the fifth bird cage door is open. This is to represent the escape of the bird and how no more husbands will die. So more or less, one through four are all closed because she killed them. However, husband five was the escape. The last detail I want to point out before we look at more of the story behind the ride itself and before this room is the hat box that sits in the attic where the hat box ghost should and hopefully soon, I believe, will be. The hat box ghost was a special effect ghost where the head would move from the shoulders and where the head should be into the hat box. And there were a lot of issues just with lighting and not being as good of a trick as they wanted it to be. So it was removed from Disneyland and not brought to Disney World. Uh, this ghost 
hopefully will be returning soon as there have been talks about it and they've been working on this animatronic and I cannot wait to see it when it's brought to Disney World. Before we move out of the attic, I just have to go through the story behind it because a lot of people don't realize it, but when I say it, it always makes sense. So as you work your way through the attic, you're looking around, seeing all the dead husbands, all that, and you end at the attic being face-to-face -face with Constance Hatchaway, the bride herself. Well, what you don't notice is that from there on out, you are actually being pushed to your death. All backwards and your doom buggy turns and goes backwards down the fall because you just witnessed her kill five people. You just witnessed her kill that many people? So she is actually pushing you to your death, and that's why you go into the graveyard backwards, which is just such a small detail that, again, most people would miss. You wouldn't think about that. Most people just think, oh, I'm going backwards. No, it's because you're falling to your death, and you fall into the graveyard. But now we are sadly already to the last room, and that is the graveyard room. Uh, there's not a ton that I have for fun facts for this one. A lot of it you can see. One really awesome thing is you have the worker that's there right at the gates. I actually got told that we all touched the skin of this dude, which is so crazy and weird to say. And it's extra weird because it kind of feels like real human skin. It is so creepy, but also really fascinating. When you go through the graveyard scene, you see all the different things popping up. Pretty straightforward in terms of the small tricks. Uh, there's one other thing, and there's and that is a hidden Mickey. And it's kind of back next to the singing busts on the right-hand side. There's a, for lack of better, a portrait and that is going that's kind of moving back and forth from the wind. And there's actually a hidden Mickey on there that is pretty easy to spot. And as you exit the graveyard, you only have one more place to go. And that is through the crypt and into the hitchhiking ghost hallway. The hitchhiking ghosts are Phineas, Ezra, and Gus. And they are happy haunts who like to play some tricks on you as you leave the haunted mansion. And the ghosts will follow you home. I know that was a ton of very quick facts about the haunted mansion, but I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I love this ride so much and cannot wait to be in Disney again to ride it. Just the little facts about it are so awesome and go unnoticed unless you kind of know what to look for. So I hope you have so much fun riding it next time and get a little more appreciation for all these awesome details. Thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to go follow us on Instagram at the World of Diz Podcast and give us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify or wherever you're listening from. Again, thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a magical week and come back for next week. Bye, everyone.